It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43. By Hobby Hill Farms and by Pathfinder Bank. Got it to bare cheek. Curves away from pressure. Sauce to Gaudet. Left wing side. Gaudet. Rister scores! A laser beam by Adam Gaudet. If Boucher can score, the Comets will start the season 7-0. He weaves in. Boucher for the game. Scores! Reed Boucher with the game winner in the shootout. And the Comets backstopped by 38 saves and a brilliant performance from Mikey DiPietro win the hockey game. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Well... I got to start off with Vinny because he had a weekend before we say anything else. I mean, what a weekend for that guy. Two more wins since the last time we had a Utica Comets insider scoop. A 7-0 start. Unprecedented in the, his- in the history. Actually, three, of- three wins, right? Three wins since the last time. That's right. Three wins since the last time. Thank you for catching that. 7-0 to start, though. Unprecedented in the history of the Utica Comets as a team now entering their seventh season. It's a combination of goaltending and speed and right now a high-powered offense and pretty solid defense and depth more than anything. We'll talk about that with Corey Hergott about 745. The voice Joe Roberts will join us at about 730. Heard about Mikey DiPietro. He's 3-0, but the man sitting with us tonight since Mikey DiPietro was here last week, Zane McIntyre, the other guy in the goal. Both goalies on the Utica Comets have a goals against average under two right now you don't see that very often zane yeah it's uh something pretty special i don't know it's uh kind of a caveat or feather in the cap to our uh, defensive coaching and then uh just uh our our schemes and our our overall play as uh as a group of six back there and the seven as a goalie so it's it's been awesome to be a part of and uh looking forward to it too i think we're just scratching the surface right now yeah before we jumped on the air we were kind of talking a little bit off the air you're you're sitting back at kind of an amazement at times i have to imagine at what's happening i mean you're winning games six goals seven goals eight goals and then of course a kind of more typical hockey game with a two to one or maybe a three to two or something like that you don't see a lot of offensive outputs not game after game after game like this team has put out so far yeah well it's uh it's gonna be a long year for sure and there'll be games where our offense puts up a bunch of points and scores a bunch of goals and we might be on the other end uh, as well maybe six five game uh five four game and then there's games where maybe saw on saturday two will play two one and uh the goaltender will backstop them and stuff too so uh it's a vice versa you know we're, we're trying to help each other out and uh, play our best hockey as our team Zane, you stopped 27 of 28 against Binghamton, and I believe it was 45 of 46 the other night against uh, Rochester. Uh, That's pretty solid. You know, you're getting a little busy there when it's 45 of 46. Not a lot of time to uh, let your mind wander there, you know. There's a lot of activity uh, in front of you. Scoop, you don't get a lot of time to sing songs by Jason Aldean like like, uh, Mikey. Mikey did in his first start, you know. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the relationship you have with Mikey and with Richard Bachman and this group of goaltenders and how you're all working together and what that's like. Yeah, the trifecta right now with uh, Mikey, Bachman, and I, and uh, it's been awesome. Uh, each guy brings uh, 
a different piece or a different element to, to puzzle here. And uh, at the end of the day, we're just trying to win hockey games, all three of us, and uh, produce and, and be our best for the team. But uh, it's a really good dynamic as far as uh, just camaraderie, um, how we get along, how we interact, and also how we build off each other too. You know, you got Mikey, a little spark pug, like a very energetic guy who likes to get after it, uh, work hard, and get on the ice early and do all the little things. And then uh, Baki's kind of the seasoned guy who's kind of experienced it all. And um, when you're around both, you can take bits and pieces from each other. And at the same time, too, it's nice for myself to kind of, I don't know, have a mentor and then have a little peer understudy, too, to help out and, uh, and I'll give your two cents, too, as well. So it's uh, just the chemistry and, I don't know, a lot of uh, different variables that come into play, but uh, we've been working really well together so far. What does Richard Bachman do? Is he, like, get in your ear? Or you guys watch film together little pointers he's giving you i would imagine that's what he's doing most of the time yeah yeah no he's been a great presence uh there's just something about him you know he walks in the room he uh you know he knows he's there he's just uh, there's a presence about him just overall great human being and uh kind of salt of the earth kind of guy as well so uh you respect what he says and you listen up when when he speaks and has uh, voices of opinion as well so uh it's good, yeah. He's just uh, just a really good dude, and um, you take a lot of things that he has to say because he's seen it, he's experienced it, and he wants to help you out too and wants the best for everybody. Yeah. And, and on top of that, he had a pretty awful injury at the end of last year, and it's just good to see him getting back in the mix, getting the legs healthy, making sure everything's working right. He he had a pretty brutal rehab and a surgery just to get back where he is. Yeah. So well, from my understanding too, like he didn't know, you know, what the situation was yeah. going to be. Is this it or not? Yeah, exactly. And you have, you know, something that you've done for fifteen, or ten plus years for sure. Uh, you've done that every single day of your life. It's it's a party and to have that taken away uh, for any job, any profession, anything you've done in your life is probably difficult so he'd be the first one to tell you that too and how you cherish it coming back that much more you cherish it that much more zane mcintyre is with us utica comments insider on 94.9 k-rock we're at the 72 tavern and grill you're always welcome to join us here every week i wanted to ask about mikey gave us a really in-depth and detailed explanation about a puck tracking technique that he uses i don't know if you use the same, I don't know if you've talked about that with him. I don't know if you have a completely different one altogether. He's talked about incorporating some things he's learned and, of course, applying that to the goalie coaches right now. And I wonder what your process is. Because when you're performing this well and the team is performing this well, and I especially look at the penalty kill, you're seeing the puck really well. You have to be. You've got to have clear lanes to see shots and things like that. So take us through your process. And I know... We have a lot of people that listen in Vancouver as well that follow the farm team that are fascinated by these types of discussions because it gives us kind of a background into what, where your mind is when you're on the ice. Yeah, window yeah. to your world a little bit. Yeah, and it, it's, it was a fascinating answer, and I'm sure yours will be too. And I'd love to hear your perspective on yeah. that. Yeah, well, uh, I, how much time do we actually have to go into it? <laughs> about the, 10 more minutes in this yeah, segment, so take as much time as you need, Zane. That's, uh, that's the crazy part. Uh, there's... Millions and millions of different things. I wouldn't say millions, but hundreds of different things as a goaltender that you can pinpoint or, I don't know, try and hone in that might be a game changer. But to very simply put it, 
if you can hone all those little things and skills and bring them to the next level, like it brings your whole game, um, I don't know, that much better and that much more precise and how you want to play your game. So over time, the greatest, I don't know, greatest athletes or greatest people in their profession are the most consistent day in and day out and that's what I've tried to be with my preparation with what I try to do on the ice off the ice and away from the rink with family and stuff um, but to get into specific goaltending and stopping the puck it's just repetition and doing it uh, doing it correctly you know like Mikey spoke about as well there's certain techniques you can use um, with your eyes with your tracking and stuff like that off the ice as well there's different computer programs you can use uh, the virtual reality is coming to be a big thing as well and that's uh, been more prevalent here in the past but uh, no, you see, see hundreds of pucks a day, and if you're stopping those correctly and doing that uh, day in and day out, um, it's it, it makes it a little bit easier. It becomes when you, muscle memory a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. Essentially, you know, how many times have you guys maybe had the broadcast radio uh, radio show here? You know, like you guys just get comfortable with it over time, and same with goaltending. Uh, if I'm able to, you know, go out and play the puck and pass it to the D correctly. In practice, 10 times in a row, go out there and do it in a game. Pretty easy to execute it, uh, but it's easier said than done, I uh, guess, too. You know? It's funny you brought that up because I've, I've read some post-game stuff where uh, numerous people have noticed that your ability in handling the puck, not all goaltenders are good at that. You tend to be. It's obviously another thing, muscle memory. You practice it a lot, you do it a lot, and that's how you get good at it, and that's your process. Yep, yeah, correct. I mean, uh, there's different ways and techniques you can play the puck, and each guy, like goaltending, is different with the abilities of playing the puck and has his own specific way or creative way to do it. And the easiest way for me to do it would be uh, the group of us three defensemen, on, uh, two defensemen on the ice, myself as well, and just getting into their hands as quick as possible and having their abilities and skills take over. So if I can go back, play the puck, and give it to them uh, where they're not in a vulnerable, vulnerable position and they're able to break it out and get it into the forwards' hands, uh, we're going to play with the puck more often and have the puck to score more goals and less time we're defending. Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes it easy. Who were the goaltenders you admired growing up as a young hockey fan? And, and maybe there were other players as well. Maybe did you always want to be a goaltender? Uh, yeah, for the most part. There was a time I played goalie for two, three years, and then I wanted to play defenseman. Um, so my 14-year-old year, I went out and skated out as defenseman, but then went back to goaltending. So, yeah, I watched. No, I didn't really have a favorite NHL team, but just liked watching um, specific players. Cam Ward was one guy. Uh, Patrick Waugh was another. Ryan Miller was uh, was a stud as well. Absolutely. And then locally too, we had University of North Dakota. So I was a big uh, big Jordan Parisi fan. Uh, Zach's brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you know that name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a goalie at UND, and then uh, a little further after that was. Uh, Phil Lamoureux was another name that I like to watch as well. Um, so, yeah, just a bunch of guys uh, that, I don't know, northern Minnesota, we don't have too many goalie coaches, so it's nice when you can turn on the TV and watch and you just take away little bits and pieces of those guys' game and try to apply it to what you do. You've lived in North Dakota and Minnesota, and I know a little more about hockey culture in Minnesota than I do North Dakota, but 
Minnesota is similar to Michigan, where I've lived for a while. And, you know, a lot of the rinks, the kids are there at a very young age. You know, uh, families taking them to get ice time wherever and whenever they can, very early in the morning, what have oh, yeah. you. Talk about, as a kid, hockey culture in North Dakota and Minnesota for you, what it was like. Yeah, it was... Uh... That's all there was, really. I guess you know, school and hockey, yeah. and uh, hanging out with your buddies. I guess it's kind of changed nowadays, where you know you might meet up with a guy on online and play a video game. We just met up at the outdoor rink and uh, just played till our feet froze off. Basically, it was uh, something pretty special. We had three outdoor rinks in our city of <clears throat> excuse me, eight thousand people. So. We had plenty of ice to choose from, and uh, it was pretty easy. We had cell phones back then, so we could just send the guys or call the guys uh, and then meet up at the, at the outdoor rinks. But that's all there was, basically. You get done with school, um, you go home, grab a bite to eat, um, and then grab your stuff, uh, go to the outdoor rink and play some hockey with your buddies. And it was a small city, so um, I grew up in Thief River Falls, which is 8,000 people roughly. And... Um, you played all the sports, baseball, football, golf, tennis, um, hockey, and everybody went out for it because if they didn't, uh, you wouldn't really have a team to play. So uh, growing up was just all our buddies together playing sports and stuff, and uh, yeah, just really enjoyed it. You go ask a friend, you go to a friend's house, hey, you want to come out and do something? You ring the doorbell, now he's at practice. <laughs> so you got to play hockey. Yeah. Almost what it seems like. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your family, uh, brothers, sisters. Yeah, I have one, uh, one older sister. Um, she has two kids now. Yeah. Um, so a niece and nephew, uh, which I have, and I get to be the uncle, uh, the fun uncle. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. Don't, don't have to change the diapers or anything. Give them back fun. when you're and done. Yeah. Get them fired up and stuff on FaceTime before they got to go to the bed. So the mom and dad are kind of giving me a, a hard time after that. But uh, it's been good. Um, and then other than that, just mom uh, mom back home. And, uh, yeah, she's just working away in small town uh, Minnesota enjoying it and uh, going from there. I know I know. Scoop will follow this up. Any plans to get the family get, to get mom here, see a game in Utica? Yep. Uh, other places she's traveled perhaps outside of the general area where you grew up? Has she seen you in Providence? She, I'm assuming maybe she went to Boston because I know you got eight games, I believe, in the NHL with the Bruins. Yep, yep. She came out there. We had a mother's trip uh, up in Boston the time when I was up. Um, so that was pretty unique and a pretty special moment. But, yeah, she's been out to Providence a couple times. And uh, we're looking to get her out to, to Utica here. You're going to get a chance at Providence here uh, in the next uh, couple of days. What that's is that going to be like for you having that you know been your old team? Yeah, uh, there'll be some uh, familiar faces out there, but uh, no friends on the ice that night. I guess you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll we'll have a good time, and uh, it'll be good to see those guys. So. I don't know. They know where to shoot on me, but I also know where they're shooting, too. So <laughs> You know their weaknesses. It goes, it goes both ways, I guess, too. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I like the, I like the, hidden, uh, the hidden sniper mentality. Very cool, calm, and collected as we've been sitting across the table. But wait till we get on the ice. It's a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Zane McIntyre, goaltender for the Utica Comets, is our guest. He's going to join us for our next segment. Utica Comets Insiders at the 72 Tavern, and we are live, so stop down if you want to. It's 94.9 K-Rock. Here's two guys that like to put the biscuit in the basket. Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. 
with goaltender Zane McIntyre. You can listen on the K-Rock app. Stream us at krock.com. Your Amazon Echo or Echo Dot smart speaker device. We'll also play K-Rock, of course. Enable the K-Rock Utica skill. It's all brought to you here at the 72 Tavern and Grill by IBEW Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. Zane, back in the early 2010s, you played for the Fargo Force in the USHL. And explain what that league is like playing in the USHL for the uninitiated who maybe haven't ever seen one of those games or been to one of those games. What, talk about what the level of play is like in that league. Yeah, the USHL is kind of a stepping stone for um, the guys who are going to off to NCAA. Um, there was a handful of guys who maybe played uh, Major Junior who maybe got cut from their team in the Ontario League or the WHL that came down and played in a couple different teams in our league. But it was a majority of guys who were committed uh, at the time to go D1 um, to these NCAA programs. And good league. Um, some guys would come out of uh, AAA hockey. Um, some guys would come out of high school and then take the step into the USHL. It's quite a blend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is a blend. Uh, there's any anywhere from 16-year-olds to 20-year-olds. So uh, definitely a handful of uh, ages and stuff there where uh, you, you go through different growth spurts or different uh, periods of your life where you become a young man. So uh, there's definitely a little uh, gap in uh, age there, but uh, it was a good league. I enjoyed my time there. I played two years there, and uh, we had really good teams when I was there. And I think at the time, 15, 18 guys who were committed to playing CAA hockey, which was uh, pretty impressive. And uh, each year we made the playoffs, enjoyed that, and I uh, played two hours two hours from my hometown so close to home so my family could uh, come and watch and come and see so good hockey and uh, developed me for uh, the next step which was college and you were the league goaltender of the year in 2011 and 12 i think there's nice. a cold goalie i think there's another guy i shared it with but yeah it was it was awesome nice distinction to to earn yep thank you mm-hmm. yeah so i was thinking uh, the career then brought you through university of north dakota and then I look at 2010, 165th overall for the Boston Bruins. Obviously, you spent quite a bit of time with Providence. The eight games we mentioned up in the NHL. Even a, a quick shot down to Atlanta, I noticed, for a couple of games in ECHL. Was that like a, just to get healthy type of thing or just? Uh, so that's that's, that was the most interesting uh, yeah. part of your career so far. Yeah. The most movement in one season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was my second year pro, and our American League team was out in St. John's. So it was all the way, I think. It was on the rock, yeah. Yeah, all the way out on the rock. And uh, I think we're coming home from Carolina or something up in the NHL club. And I got sent down, but instead of going all the way to St. John's, maybe not making that game, and then just flying right back, I uh, went down to the East Coast League. Played a, three games, maybe two games, I want to say there. Two games, I think. Two uh, games. Yep, in four-day span or five-day span. So got two games down there and then uh, made my way back up uh, to Providence. So it was a crazy time. Uh, but just in pro hockey, you just got to ride the wave and roll with the punches, I guess. That's a, it's a, it's they want you to play. That's They're, they're trying to get uh, you some ice time. And, yep, and, and get games. Where you yeah. would most likely play. Is that one of the craziest travel 
situations that you've been involved getting out to the rock for st john's yeah uh that was pretty i've heard some stories over the years yeah that was pretty crazy times uh i actually never made it out to the rock mm-hmm. um but yeah uh there's been over the courses of the four or five seasons five now uh there's some definitely crazy travel days and uh flights delayed stuff like that and uh, the bus trips, man. Uh, the bus trips have been pretty uh, put on some miles over the years. They're That's easier to deal with when you're seven and zero to start a season, even though it's been limited thus this far. Is true. A couple yeah. of them this year. One of the benefits of being with the with the Utica Comets is a lot of times, even road games, you're back home in your own bed afterwards. Whether it's Syracuse quick drive, whether it's Binghamton relatively quick drive, there was, uh, as you know, a team in Albany for a number of years. Yep. So Rochester, none of these trips are really long. You get more practice days. You're not on the road. You're not in hotels as much. So that's that's just one of the benefits. But let's go back to draft day. Take us through it. We always like to do this. Mom's reaction, your reaction, what your expectations were, your memories. The first couple of things that pop in your head when I bring up the day you were drafted oh, by the Bruins. Uh, that was... Uh uh, we might need a time machine. That was a long time ago. That was, uh, yeah, a while back. But it was pretty, uh, pretty cool day. I was out to, to brunch with the goalie coach, uh, staying down with him in Minneapolis at the time. Uh, just received a phone call um, from one of the amateur scouts in our area. And uh, from there, he told me that I was drafted, which was pretty pretty exciting. I had a couple of people call um, after that and had to do the, the interviews and all that stuff over the phone. But uh, I remember calling my mom, and she was pretty excited at that point in time. It was uh, it was pretty special. And then uh, at that point, too, um, yeah, my grandma was still still alive, and uh, I was able to share that uh, experience with her and stuff as well. And uh, she's always been kind of. Uh, strong rock and support uh, in, in my hockey world and um, kind of showing me I don't know what it takes to be a good hockey player but not only that a good human too so uh, I was able to share that with her which is pretty special and a lot of emotions but uh, uh, I don't know just could understand that the work wasn't done there at that point so uh, just the beginning of the journey yeah basically so it's a pretty cool pretty cool to experience though that's one of your mileposts in your career, obviously, something you'll always remember. What else comes to you is perhaps some of the greatest thrills of your hockey career. It doesn't have to be a game. It could be, you know, meeting Mario Lemieux or something like yeah. that. Uh, what are some of the things that stand out over the course of your time in professional hockey as just incredible moments, great thrills, things you'll always remember? Yeah, um, Things first are, first game, I would imagine, as yeah, in the NHL. That's, that's up there. First and second games. Uh, my first start uh, was in MSG. I was able to play against Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, and the second start was at the Bell Center against uh, Carey Price. So those were uh, two pretty cool experiences. Obviously, would have had to like to have a better result against those two uh, stars. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. That was pretty cool. Um, obviously, the winning, uh, we were able to be fortunate enough to be a part of a couple winning teams. Uh, North Dakota uh, winning the regionals. Um, eventually, there was a little bit of heartbreak, too. My first, or sorry, second two years of school. Um, we ended up losing the Frozen Four. Uh, those were great experiences because I think, you know, in order to win, I think you gotta, I don't know, kind of go through the the grind of losing and the hardships of losing. So I was able to, you know, go through the hardships of losing, but our team was able to, I don't know, cap it off the next year when I was gone and 
that was pretty exciting just to hear and be a part of it from a distance, uh, playing in Providence, but being a part of it from the team uh, in North Dakota winning the, the national championship there. Um, first couple starts, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, some of the little things too, like you, you travel with the guys enough and you're around the guys long enough uh, with the playoffs and the travel that you get to do and play in so many games in such a short time. We had a pretty cool run. Uh, my second year pro, uh, we ended up losing to Syracuse in the conference finals, but that was a pretty special year, just, uh, you know, how close we got as a team because we were going through <laughs> The battle in the ring. The bonding. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, exactly. Is, is that the year that they ended up losing to Grand Rapids? That would have been uh, the year they won, lose, ended up losing to Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was crazy because we, we have a, a Syracuse side to this, so Syracuse was crazy. Company, and I, yeah. I kind of covered that in a sense, so it was. Yeah. I have some crazy memories of that year from the, from the crunch perspective. Go ahead. And it's also interesting, too, like uh, I know with that matchup, yeah. s- some of that spilled over to the NHL. Some of that uh, displeasure with one another yeah. <laughs> spilled over but to, the, to the Red Wings and the Lightning Absolute, later on. You absolutely. Know, so, Zane, I wanted to ask real quick, last one. We always do this. We're up against the break. But you had talked to uh, the Barneses when they came over, a couple loyal fans. And you were sharing your perspective on being with Providence coming to Utica and playing in front of these fans. And now, and it's much easier with a 7-0 and start, but the the reaction to you overall, the reaction of these fans and the atmosphere that you play in, that little mini NHL arena, yep. we've got a good thing going here. And, and just your, your general thoughts about it. It's, it's, been, it's been real good so far, I have to assume. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, the fans, the people, the community here of Utica has been great for myself and my family. Um, you, know, you come in here when I was in Providence and stuff, and looking back, it's, uh, it's a tough building to play in. And there's a reason because of it. Obviously, the fans here are number one. Uh, everyone... They're, they're local diehards here for the team, and uh, we, I love the, the support. And uh, they weren't so kind to opposing goalies, that's for sure. And I was, uh, learned that firsthand. So uh, to be on the other end of the spectrum now is pretty cool and pretty special. Uh, just go back to the save Friday night uh, on the two-on-one uh, against Binghamton. Like, uh, you could hear the crowd kind of applaud that uh, save, whereas maybe you know in some other rinks, uh, uh, there'd be kids yelling and screaming and you wouldn't be able to hear those knowledgeable fans like they are here. That so. was a pretty sweet yeah. <laughs> well, two-on-one save. Uh, yeah. And who knows, maybe uh, there'll be a few more mileposts this year and uh, great moments that you'll treasure yep. for the rest of your career and the rest of your life. Absolutely. Well, yeah, looking forward to those. We're going to share that. We've got the uh, Joe Roberts version of that highlight in our highlights montage that we're going to actually air when he joins us next. Zane McIntyre, goalie for the Utica Comets on Utica Comets Insider. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Podcast is out if you want to send it to mom just after 8 o'clock. We'll make sure we get it your way, all right? Perfect. That sounds great. Yeah, I'll send send it over to her. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Joe Roberts is next. We'll recap uh, the, the trip to Chocolate Town, I guess, is the first thing we'll get to. Don't forget, Corey Hergott from Canucks Army joins us in our final segment right here on 94.9 K-Rock. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice, Joe Cujo Cujo Roberts. 
I have to ask the question if they do actually have a Hershey Highway in Chocolate Town. But uh, <laughs> hey, this is K Rock, so we can get away with it. Ninety-four point nine K Rock to be specific. <laughs> Scoop and rain. That was for you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to the penalty box. Sin bin for me. It's all right. It's all right. You know, I wanted. I'm 14. I wanted to make that joke. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. The stories of Instagram. You can go to Twitter, or Facebook at K Rock CNY or at K Rock Scoop or at K Rock Rain. And if you missed any portion of tonight, as Scoop normally says, it will all be available. And that's thanks to our glue guy, Matt Page, back in the studio. We'll make sure that's out there shortly after 8 o'clock when we wrap things up. Those nice two segments with Zane and what we're about to get into with Joe Roberts, the voice of the Utica Comets. got to be a lot of fun to be the voice of a team that gets off to a 7-0 start. It just makes for a lot of fun. Joe, first of all, hello. I'm glad you made it back from Chocolate Town from Hershey. Yeah, you know it is. Uh, it's been a lot of fun calling the winning hockey team. Seven and zero is no joke. One and zero, two and zero, three and zero is one thing, but when you're getting up to seven, uh, it makes you feel like something special could be in the works. So we're having a lot of fun so far, and and I, I think the guys in the locker room are as well. Joe, did did the team kind of need a, a, a tight, close game like this after just? I mean, really, for a stretch of games, demolishing everybody. I mean, that's literally what they did. There's no other way to categorize well, it's adversity, it. adversity, you know. But, yeah, to get their backs up against the wall, have to squeak one out, have to fight and grind a little bit, you know, fight through an overtime, and, and then finally comes and, down to that final shot. And maybe not playing your best game. And you're lucky you got a guy, a goalie, who's playing really well that night with Mikey DiPietro making some great saves. But, I mean, I think that helps. Because can't, it can't be a cakewalk the whole time because it's not going to be like this the whole season. But I, I wonder if you think that helped a little bit. I wouldn't mind winning every game 7-1, 8-1, 6-2, whatever. Um, but, yeah, you know, that, that probably was never sustainable. you got to be able to win those tight games because those tight games are the ones that are, um, you know, sort of the difference maker in making and breaking a season. So, obviously, you want to be able to win those tight games. You want to be able to have different parts of your team kind of steal one for you and without question Di Pietro stole that one for the Comets um, and I think that uh, on any given night any unit for the team can really take one from the opposition I think Mikey was spectacular um, I thought the game before uh, against against Binghamton your guest that you had on tonight I thought Zane was spectacular um, you know I, I'm not sure if any other goalie in net has that same result so um, you know, that 5-1 game is a lot tighter than the scoreline because the empty netter there at the end and, and, you know, a couple other reasons. But, I mean, when you're winning games, when you're not playing your best and playing far from your best, um, it uh, means it's a good thing. Yeah, when, when you stop 45 of 46, you've earned your money. Go yeah, ahead, and that's the, that's the game before the two that we've just mentioned. Right. And really, you took the bus ride. I saw you uh, tweeted, Joe. You commented on, you know, it was a little bumpy or something to that effect. And it was a late trip. Uh, they, you guys left at midnight uh, to get to Hershey to do this. And the, the team just seemed to be gassed a little bit. I mean, if you look at the shots on goal, second period only four, third period only four, one in overtime, and Mikey DiPietro is able to get the win. There were some defensive lapses in that game. You know, difficulty controlling the puck, getting caught up ice, uh, sloppy cross-ice passes. It wasn't pretty, but Mikey DiPietro's performance was pretty. 
how much of that do you think was the trip? I mean, I'm kind of curious. When did you get in? You know, when did you, when did you get there? When did you check into your hotel? I mean, I think the travel gets underestimated some sometimes in terms of how that really takes a lot out of a player, a lot out of an athlete or I'd, a broadcaster. I'd need a nap even if I wasn't playing a hockey game. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if the radio guy's tired, I'm sure the athletes are too. So we got into Hershey at about three o'clock uh, on the on the morning of the game, and uh, guys got as much sleep as they could, as their bodies would allow them to, and got a good pregame meal, and then grabbed a nap, and then it was right back to the rink. So it was one of those days where, um, you know, maybe you take a twenty minute, thirty minute walk uh, around the hotel, but other than that, you're just kind of sleeping when you can and um, preparing yourself for the game. So. There's nothing easy about it, fortunately. That's about the hardest the travel schedule gets all year for this team. That's just one of the perks of playing in Utica and being in the Northeast because a lot of teams are close. Um, So, you know, uh, luckily they don't have to deal with that very much this season. A lot of teams have to deal with that a lot more than we do. So we're pretty fortunate in that regard. Um, I think it had to do with it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to get your body going like that, but... Um, ultimately, again, you know, we keep sort of falling back on the fact of, uh, you know, if you can win a game like that, that you're not supposed to win on the road, hostile environment, bad travel, not playing very well. Uh, if you can win those, uh, you know, uh, the, the possibilities are, are pretty endless. Guy who scored the goal in regulation, his name is Adam Gaudet, number 88, when he's on the Utica Comets. Got a quick recall after two games due to injury in Vancouver to open the door for him to go back up there. I don't know if the team misses a beat with the depth that they have, but since we've got Joe Roberts on the line with us here on 94.9 K-Rock for Comments Insider, I thought we would share a quick montage recap of his highlights of the win. So let's fire that back in the studio, Matt. Comets. Propelled by a Unica champ. Got it to Berchi, curves away from pressure. Sauce to Gaudet, left wing side. Gaudet, Rister scores! A laser beam by Adam Gaudet. He throws it short side over the shoulder of Vanacek. one nothing Utica. Fialbi, middle of the ice. Shot into the glove of Di Pietro. Didn't budge. Snatched it out of the air and had a little stare for the Swedish forward. If Boucher can score, the Comets will start the season 7-0. He weaves in. Boucher for the game. Scores! Reed Boucher with the game winner in the shootout. And the Comets backstopped by 38 saves and a brilliant performance from Mikey DiPietro win the hockey game. This team is something. This team is special. This team is fun to watch. Those are your words from the other night that I kind of pieced in. And uh, from Friday night as well. And from Friday, I pieced in those, those words in our little highlight package, but that Utica chant Friday night at the end of the game, Joe. Uh, Gave you chills. It, it was just an amazing moment, and I think you did a great job just stepping back and, and letting us hear the crowd because it was rocking. As part of the art of being a good broadcaster, but they it's this, the same thing still rings true. It's just a fun team to watch. And to paraphrase you as well, who else but Reed Boucher, Joe? Yeah, you know, it is fun. And let me tell you, that took some powerful editing editing to make it sound like I actually know what the hell I'm doing. So 
Um, good stuff there from you guys, but it, it has been fun. Um, and, and that's the best way to describe it. You know, you want to be part of a winning team, part of a winning culture. Uh, the, the way they've been able to win at home in, in such uh, no-doubt fashion has been fun. You know, when, when you win, you want to kind of bury your opponent. Uh, that's what, the na- what they've been able to do. And, you know, the different storylines, uh, Reed Boucher, you know, Carter Banks is having a great year um, in the action that he's seen. Vinny Arsenault, that fourth line, has been insanely productive. And then some of that talent you have uh, watching those guys develop and get better every day has been a treat as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And, and I hope that uh, that doesn't end anytime soon. And how about the Vinny Arsenault fights? You know, they, they, they get the helmets off and they, they squared up and squared off and uh, old-time hockey. We've got the audio, Joe. Let's let you listen to your call of the Vinny Arsenault fight. Big Vinny, as I stated, he had himself a weekend. couple goals and then, you know, kind of a little slap shot beatdown is all right, too. I mean, that's what he's known for. But Coach Cull, as we said in pregame the other night, has said Vinny is playing the right way. Matt, back in the studio. Let's hear the Arsenal fight highlight. Blood, long beards, and a few less teeth. Big hit, Arsenal. He blows up Feyervari. Now Arsenal's going to drop those gloves. The helmets are even coming off here at center with Kessie. Ding, ding. Oh, Arsenal with a couple of lefts on Kessie in front of the Comets bench. And they're throwing him. What a fight here between Arsenal and Kessie. And down they go. Vinny Arsenal blew up Martin Fairbari. Answered for it by thumping Kessie. Kessie got a few on Arsenal. That's just a good fight. That's just a good hockey fight. Joe, anything to add to that? Because I think that's a little something you kind of need in the mix once in a while for a good hockey team. Yeah, you got to score goals. you got to kill penalties. you got to play good defense. you got to stop. take liberties with your teammates. Sometimes you got to send a message. It's, it's just a, a part of hockey that's important, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you look at Kale Kessie, who's a, a Hershey forward, he was in the lineup to do exactly that. He was in the lineup to buck it up and be kind of greasy and grimy for the Bears and that's what he does look at his numbers he had like 300 penalty minutes in 30 games last year with Idaho in the ECHL he's a maniac uh, so <laughs> Arsenal stepping up like that and going toe to toe is always fun to watch you're, you're glad that when they take the helmets like that both guys come out of it pretty safe um, you know nothing nothing uh, too nasty maybe just a, a couple of sore hands from throwing haymakers so it was a fun fight you know the crowd in Hershey enjoyed it we enjoyed it obviously the benches enjoyed it and uh, it was certainly helpful uh, keeping the energy up for Utica that's the voice of the Utica Comets Joe Roberts joining us on Utica Comets Insider Joe the team's back at it on Wednesday against who else but Binghamton it seems like are you getting sick of seeing Binghamton yet real quick yes or no yes yeah short answer (laughs) Let's play. Let's play a few other teams here. Let's break the schedule. Yeah, up. we got them the week after too. Yeah, it's no doubt. Joe, thanks for the time. Get back into your Monday night. We always appreciate you uh, giving us your insight. Coming back with from Canucks Army, Comets Corey. Corey Hergott will join us. That's next. He wrote a little something about the five keys of this team. We'll ask him about that and obviously a whole bunch more questions. Ninety-four point nine K Rock, and we're live from the seventy-two Tavern and Grill. From down- 
down there on the ice, who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. They were the ones who got all the scores. And then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. Let's do that hockey. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill for Comets Insider. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Live 72 Town and Grill brought to you by IBEW Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. We are joined by Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. And Corey, Saturday night's game was very interesting. We got a win, Comets win, but it was ugly. It was a slog. Mikey DiPietro was outstanding, saving uh, 38 of 39. But there were defensive lapses. There are some things on defense that this team needs to clean up. And I would just like to get some further impressions from you, Corey, about what we saw in Hershey on Saturday night. I heard the word lethargic tossed around. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of thought that they looked like a tired team. And, uh, you know, listening to, to Joe's recount of the, the bus trip and, and that sort of a thing, you can kind of understand uh, – that they're that tired but uh and like joe said it's good that they don't have to make that trip all that often so you know it's um it's tough to see them out there after they've been just dominating teams and uh that game was a bit of a clunker for sure and uh it's good that they were still able to get a win out of it i mean uh mikey d pietro has been full value in his three games and zane mcintyre has been as well it's it's really nice to see the team having uh you know, two guys back there that, that can be relied upon. Uh, they're both showing that they can be trusted in net. And uh, last year, it was a bit of a merry-go-round back there. So um, it's nice to see some stability for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something that they absolutely needed. But I I'd asked Joe Roberts in the previous segment, Corey, and I know you're always listening before uh, your segment with us. But they needed that. They, they needed a grinded-out game like that. They needed to, to focus a little bit. They were ground down. They were tired. That's a brutal, a brutal travel. It's a brutal trip. And to show that they still could persevere and fight through that, the tired legs and everything else, not a lot of sleep. Stay focused and get that win. It's important to build the character of this team where they, 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 the whole team came together and they still found a way to win. Winning teams do that. I know that sounds cliche, but it's very true. Go ahead, Corey. Well, that's part of uh, kind of the mantra that I've been hearing, um, you know, since this, uh, well, even since last year. But uh, I, I heard it kind of reinforced this offseason by Trent Cull and by uh, Ryan Johnson that they want their players, their prospects playing in a winning environment. And, uh, you know, winning comes in different forms. You're going to get those those 8-1 and 8-2 shellackings that you're going to, you know, beat teams handily but you also have to be able to win those uh those close tight games like that and, and just find a way to win and uh you know mikey di pietro did his part and, and uh reed boucher did his in in overtime so i mean that's a it's a big part of the way this team is constructed this year it's a lot different than we've seen in the last couple of years uh you know you've got guys like sven berchi and, and nikolai goldobin you know, bleeding down from from the parent club, uh, we didn't see that kind of caliber of player coming down before. So, uh, you know, it's nice that the team's able to do what they can while they've got these kind of guys with them. Corey, I am seeing a pattern that the Comets in the second period are usually getting outshot. There's only two games out of the seven where they've outshot an opponent 
in the second period. Now, there have been occasions, on, like Saturday night, they only got four shots, and Hershey had 14. It was kind of scary. Four shots in the second, four in the third, and only one in overtime. Why and how do you get over that hump about the second period? There's something about maybe a, a loss of focus. What do you maybe attribute that to, Corey? Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I'm, uh, I'd am i love to be able to have a really eloquent answer for you here on that one, but I, I really don't. And, and the way the team has uh, played this year, I think I, I tweeted this out the other day, uh, I think they've been outshot only by three shots in total this season. I think they've uh, they've taken two or they've been credited with 216 shots, and uh, they've given up 219 according to the AHL website. So, um, you know, the the middle period has been a bit of a, a lack spot for them. Although they did score a pile of goals in the middle of middle period uh, early on, um, but it's just one of those things. It's uh, I don't know if that if that's something that's going to continue as a trend for the team or if that's just a uh, a bit of a coincidence through these first uh, seven games. We're up against our final break of Utica Comets Insider with Corey Hergott from Canucks Army here on 94.9 K-Rock. Corey, I want to share a screen cap of one of your tweets uh, with a, a fascinating number, and then I just want to have you comment on one more thing. First of all, the Comets have averaged a goal for every six shots they've been credited for this year. Goaltender has been good enough to keep the opposition to a goal every 16.85 shots. Simple math doesn't doesn't uh, makes it pretty easy to figure out why they're winning these games by these very uneven scores. But the thing I want you to comment on before we bounce out of here, the only team that is better on the penalty kill is the Laval Bundy Rocket. The Comets are in second at ninety three point one success rate. When you're when you're good on the penalty kill, you're going to be a good hockey team. Very simple. Yeah, and I think that's a huge. It's obviously been a huge part of uh, of the success this year. Uh, the, the Comets haven't taken a ton of penalties, but uh, you know, historically, the last couple of seasons they've they've taken quite a few, and and they've been pretty decent so far this year and not taking a pile of them. But uh, you know, the nice thing is, is that it's not just the the veteran guys that are getting it done on the penalty kill this year. Lucas Yashik has become a staple. Zach McEwen is out there quite often and uh, all of the young defensemen are getting looks there as well so i'm pretty happy uh with the way things have gone on the kill this year for sure Corey, thanks so much for the time appreciate you spreading the word about scoop and myself hosting pregame and of course all your support and contributions on utica comets and Saturday. have a great rest of your night and enjoy your utica coffee your gehefe tomorrow morning this is 94.9 k-rock scoop and i'll be back next monday at seven o'clock for another edition of Utica Comets and Satter. Last words yours. Go Comets!